Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Thomas M. Jones. He's a psychotherapist, an author, a musician, and the co-founder of an innovative technique known as the Paradox process. And we're going to be talking all about this process in the podcast. But here's the thing. I was introduced to the paradox process through a patient of mine of sorts, and I was blown away with how quickly it resolved one of the issues that I was working with. And so I was like, girl, tell me more about this. So here we are, got Mr. Thomas M. Jones to come on and chat with you guys so you guys could learn how he has helped CEOs, television journalists, Oscar, Emmy, and Tony winning performers, doctors, everyday Joes, you name it, he's helped a lot of folks to learn how to strategize for success in every area of their lives, from manifesting the career of their dreams to finding an intimate, loving relationship, and even just finding yourself. So let's introduce you to Thomas M. Jones and the Paradox Process. Hey, Health Junkies. I have Thomas M. Jones on today, and we're going to be talking about his Paradox Process. Of course, he's a co-founder in this, and boy, do we have a conversation for you guys today because this is an amazing process, and it's something that I, I tried myself, and was so fascinated. I was like, Thomas, you have to come and and chat with me. So here is Thomas. He is on with us. Welcome to the Health Fix podcast, Thomas. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. This is going to be fun. It it is. And and it's so fun for me over the last couple of years as I've really decided that, you know what, I really need to figure out who I am and really gain self-love, self-acceptance, things of that nature, because how the heck am I going to help other folks? If I'm beating up on myself all the time, I'm sure you've seen this with other healthcare providers, practitioners of my, my type. Absolutely. Um, you know, just being a healthcare practitioner, doesn't immune you to all the negative emotions that we all have. Right. And so you're, you're bound to have some of that stuff floating around and, and, you know, if you don't have a place to manage it, it's going to manage you. And that's the problem. You know, I see so many different people that walk around being managed by <laughs> the negative feelings in their head that it's hard to get out of your own way if you don't have a way of handling it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it brought me to the brink of wanting to quit my practice and mm. and trying to figure out like, all right, you know, I wanted to be a pro snowboarder when I was 15, like little too old now. So, you know, you're left at like, what's next if you can't um, manage the thoughts in your head. So obviously you have a lot of experience in this. And one of the big things I would love for folks to hear is the process that it took to create the paradox process, because you started in 1973 on this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to date myself too far back, but yeah, we did start way back then. You know, um, I was in pre-med in Brooklyn College, and then I got my first job as a therapist. And I was really excited to be a therapist because I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> um 
and I started practicing and, you know, I worked with disenfranchised youth, kids that were sent through the court system. And already at 13 and 14, they were so incredibly discouraged that it was sad to see. It, it was really rough to see. But I did have some success with them. But what I noticed was that people got entrenched in their stories. And whenever they, and, and particularly the area of relationship, people just get mauled, you know, in the area of family, in the area of relationship, they they don't come out okay. They come out traumatized in some way or another. And so I wanted a process. And P.S., at that point, <laughs> I was in a relationship. <laughs> that didn't do me any good let's say that 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 i i suffered greatly i had these expectations about what it should be and what it should give me and so forth and it showed up very different and so i was let's just say devastated by this love relationship and that's when i was really motivated to find something different right because you can have all the compassion for people in the world and oh, they're suffering and that's terrible but once it hits you well <laughs> Then you're motivated. Then you're motivated. And so uh, me and a partner went on this quest to find the most powerful and effective methods out there in order to eliminate the pain and put you back on track very quickly. And toward that end, um, I'll just tell you a few of the modalities that we went into. Okay. Yeah. I think they're hysterical in a way. Um, one was called primal therapy. Okay. <laughs> Primal therapy was about literally screaming out your feelings and your emotions until you get to the original feeling and emotion that you get to. And it was it was very powerful. It certainly broke through all the conversation. It transcended all of that. But it was the results were temporary. It would bring you to a place. But because you kind of didn't earn it, you, you couldn't back it up with the wisdom and the experience of sustaining those places that you got to. So we took something from it, but we thought that can't be it. We moved on to Gestalt therapy, which was interesting, you know, dealing with the whole relationship with the therapist and that everything is contained within that and that you can learn and grow from there. And there were some great techniques in there. There was the, the uh, in the chair technique where <laughs> We'll talk about that later where you put either your your significant other or someone you have a conflict in a chair across from you and you actually have a dialogue or a conversation with them, right? Interesting stuff. Transactional analysis. We dealt with the the child within us, the child, the adult, and the um the parent, okay? And so that framed it in a way that we saw all these interrelated parts of ourselves. Also interesting, but it did not address the situation right away. Mm -hmm. We did talk therapy. We did CBT, DBT, everything that you could find out there. And again, each one had something to offer, but none of them really brought you in the moment and brought you to a different place. And that's really what we were looking for. So at some point, he and I talked about, it. we weren't particularly Eastern oriented. We weren't really into meditation and anything like that, but <laughs> but we were intrigued by the process. Well, this is kind of a delivery system, this meditation. 
what if we decide to use this meditation as a delivery system for the messages we want to send to the subconscious? <laughs> and so we started working. We started with a terrible mantra. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was really terrible. The mantra that we decided we were going to repeat over and over again was, it's okay, I can accept that. And, <laughs> you know, you want to try a jawbreaker, try that one, try repeating that for 15 or 20 minutes. So eventually we streamlined it. We were like, no, 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 this, this has to be repeatable. So we came up with the mantra, accept the unacceptable. Now that was powerful. That was great. And so we started stating whatever it was that was upsetting us and then closing our eyes and doing this mantra meditation for 15 or 20 minutes, accept the unacceptable, accept the unacceptable. And what we discovered was that it was a wonderful delivery system. And so what would happen is that as you were doing this meditating, if you were particularly visual, you would see scenes and pictures, you would get insight and information. You might even hear other other versions of you talking and, and going over things. But suddenly we're in this chamber of the mind that had all of this information. And the more we did this accept the unacceptable, the more it started to resolve the issue or the conflict. And so it was fascinating to us that we could do this meditation and then come out of it and be upset free about something that we were upset about just a few minutes before. Wow. So that that was exciting. That was that was kind of a breakthrough. We still had no intention of teaching this to other people yet. <laughs> because again, it's only 1974 at this point. <laughs> Years to go before we can develop this thing. But we wanted to develop it in such a way that it was accessible and it was user-friendly. So we had a, a, a lab then called the Laboratory for Living. And we had people that would volunteer to do whatever crazy thing we <laughs> decided <laughs> we were going to do that week. And so they started using this meditation. They started getting some really interesting results. Wow. What happened is their, their image of themselves started to change. Their feelings started to change. And their understanding of why things happened to them started to change. So that was very exciting. So we knew we had something going here. But when we decided that, well, let's see if we can teach them on a formal basis, they didn't really want any part of meditating all day in order to clear your emotional charge, right? <laughs> Jeez, most people, I can't even get to meditate for two minutes. So I can see all day being, whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they weren't having it. They weren't having it. <laughs> and so we were like, okay, back to the drawing board. But we knew this mechanism worked incredibly, that it got to the subconscious, that it released those issues within the subconscious, and they resolved the emotions. And so hot on the trail of that, we decided maybe we can create a trigger or a key that by turning on that key, just like the keystroke on a computer, that it will start that program running. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to sit there and do this mantra meditation over and over again. It'll be done automatically by turning on that key or key freeze, phrase. So we started playing with different keys and different phrases. And at first we thought, if you turn on the key, you have to wait an hour, almost like, you know, <laughs> eating before going swimming, right? <laughs> you have to turn it on for an hour and then wait and then check back. 
Uh -huh. And they weren't having that either. Okay. Because, yeah, because, you know, you're going to sit around and contemplate your navel while you decide whether your feelings change. So <laughs> we continued to work on it and streamline it. And we discovered that the mind is a lot faster than we had any idea that it was. In fact, it can process between 2 billion and 9 billion bits of information per second. So we realized, oh, this mind can handle putting this at speed. So ultimately, we created keys that worked within 60 seconds. And you could feel the change as you were doing this work. And that became fascinating. At this point, we went to the National Institute of health because we thought we need some funding for this. We want to do some research for this and really get this down. They sent a psychiatrist who we worked with and here his classic for you. The psychiatrist, psychiatrist hadn't talked to his mother in six months. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. And we thought, wow, he's a well-adjusted individual. Okay. <laughs> but nevertheless, we put him through the process we showed him everything about the paradox process and how to use it. And the emotional charge cleared. He had a great breakthrough. He let out all this, all these tears and all this emotion. And he felt resolved with her to the point where he actually called his mother and resolved the issue. And we thought, all right, we're in the house, right? Right, right. Can't do a better sales job than that. <laughs> um we waited a week and didn't hear from them. We waited another week and we were like, what, uh, what's going on here? So ultimately we called them and they said, I'm sorry, this, this process is a little too far to the left for us. We can't see ourselves funding this. You'll have to go in a different direction. Huh. So we thought, wow, build a better mousetrap. They're, they're not beating down your door. So, Ultimately, at that point, it was probably around 1985, because we had done so much research, so much work, we decided we're going to teach this to people. Mm -hmm. We're just going to give this to people and see where it goes and see what they make of it. And so we've been teaching it on a formal basis like that since 1985. And what we've seen is that, and we continually work on it, by the way, okay? We're not resting on our laurels here. <laughs> but um, what we discovered is that we can create different keys that have different angles. And so that you can approach your subconscious with a key that will allow you to detach or let go of things, uh, a key that will allow you to clear your fear, a key that will allow you to clear your worry. And so we specified within the keys what these programs were going to do. But again, always trying to keep it simple for people. Because again, if you give people too much to do, they just won't do it. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I've seen that. I've seen that over and over again in my own practice being like, okay, I want you to do this, 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 this. And then people are like, I did one of the things. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you would think, and I certainly thought, because I was naive, that I'm giving you something that works. I'm giving you something that can transform your life. So, of course, you're going to follow through. But 
you know, we didn't account for the fact that the mind has a lot of resistance, yeah. that we're scared of change. We're scared of letting go of the old and the familiar and entering a new version of ourselves. And we're mostly scared of the best version of us. And so here we were pushing and prompting people, go, 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 get to the best version of you without realizing that's scary in and of itself. And so we adapted as we went. And so now we understand, oh, you got to clear somebody's resistance. You have to clear their fear of these outcomes. You have to clear their unwillingness to take responsibility for being the best version of themselves. And so we've learned as we've gone. I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, like anything that's that's worth it. You know, we, we you keep moving forward and you keep learning from from different, you know, feedback, but also what you see as a whole. And and honestly, one of the things, you know, that you noticed much like I've noticed with the working with individuals is that you wanted to get results. And same thing with me. I mean, with the healthcare field, I feel like a lot of times we don't get results because we have a deeper emotional situation going on, which for a lot of people, if it has to do with weight loss, if it has to do even with taking care of yourself, which we'll talk about here in a second in terms of of that self-love component, that sometimes it's hard to take those steps because you have to clear the emotional component first, just like you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, I'm sure as a practitioner, you know how to bring people to certain places and certain outcomes. But, you know, you can lead a horse to water. <laughs> you can't make them drink, right? Mm -hmm. Because, again, you're dealing with this identity, right? This sense of self that people have, and they're very attached to that sense of self. And even if you're going to give them good changes, they're still resistant. They're still hesitant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Almost like the better the devil you know than the devil you don't. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. That whole concept, like you are your own worst enemy or, or getting in your way and self-sabotage. I mean, these are really big things. And one of the things that I've noticed as women, you know, move through life, we've got, as you and I mentioned, when we're younger, we're preoccupied with finding our, our mate and, and the whole love thing. And as we get older, we have more wisdom, but we also still have that junk that mm. just we keep you know dragging with us guys too we we had talked about that as well and so all of that stuff we drag with us we go to therapy we rehash it over and over again but don't move on i'd love for you to explain a little bit about how we entrench in our stories and how like you said the sense of self how that really plays in to blocking you from getting to your deep emotions and moving forward yeah, what's interesting to me, and and this is what surprised us in the beginning of, of doing the paradox process, that people were so resistant that, you know, we build this identity, this sense of self as we grow up, right? Mm -hmm. And within that sense of self, we incorporate all the trauma, everything that we've gone through, and our survival techniques for all of that. And so... Now you're going to take somebody out of that trauma and tell them you don't need those survival techniques anymore. And that makes people very nervous because this is how they've survived. This is how they've wired the world. This is how they understand it. And so when you help somebody change who they are, essentially, it can be disorienting. It can be disturbing in a way. 
you know, some of your people, if you could wave a wand and eliminate their their physical issues, you would think they'd cheer and be grateful, but they might turn on you. <laughs> they'd yeah. Be, they'd get anxious, they get scared, they they react because this is who they understand themselves to be. And without that understanding, you get very nervous in the world. Like, how am I going to navigate the world? Who am I supposed to be now? Mm-hmm. And so we, as we help people change, we give them the tools to adjust to those changes so that you don't just snap back to the old identity. Because again, you know, we have all this trauma. We have all these entrenched beliefs about who we are and who we've been. We have the assumptions of a four-year-old who went through that trauma as a child and decided she wasn't good enough or she wasn't pretty enough or she wasn't smart enough. And now we're going to go after those core beliefs while she's already built a world around them. And so you can imagine they have some defensiveness in going after those issues. Yeah, no, they become so much part of you. It's not, sometimes you don't even realize it. Other times, I do feel like there is that defense mechanism that that comes up when when we're really challenged on on these certain things. You know, you brought up going back to the childhood and these things that developed when we were kids. Yeah. Some some therapies will have you kind of like hypnosis or other things going back and trying to find the situation in which these moments changed or your thoughts shifted. And I'll be honest, I've tried hypnosis multiple times and I can't find the situation exactly where things switched. Yes, there's little things. And I think I'm not alone because I've heard that from a lot of my clients. Have you found that too and found that it's harder? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. By the way, um, hypnotherapy was another thing we tried, practiced (laughs) and mastered and then put over here. Um, It offers something, but it won't get you into that locked box of your subconscious. It won't get you there. What startled me as I learned how to hypnotize was that people can lie to you under hypnosis. <laughs> and I was so surprised. They can be as defensive and as elusive as you know as they are when they're conscious. And so what we've discovered is that when you do the mantra meditation version of this process, because there are different versions that you can use, some for quick fixes, some for deeper work, right? Mm -hmm. When you do the accept the unacceptable, those issues will come up. They will present themselves. And it's interesting to see when they do, because you're pulling a string, right? You're pulling the string of your subconscious. And as you continue to pull that string, there are many things attached to it including memories and trauma and issues and and scenes from your childhood. And so they all start to emerge and that becomes interesting. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I haven't thought of that in, in decades. And yeah, because you're opening that subconscious, you're cleaning it out. And so those things are going to come up. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's great when they do. I mean, it's a relief to let go of some of this stuff. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, it's baggage. It's, you know, taking up space um, in in our brain and, and looping too. I think for a lot of people, we have these looping thoughts that 
something will happen and all of a sudden you go into that pattern. And, and I'm speaking for myself, but I've also talked to a lot of other clients of mine about this, but we get hooked to that emotion, of fear or anger or, you know, whatever it may be. And boy, these emotions are something. I would really love for you to talk about the connection between emotions and then using it in the the meditation, how, how you're working with that together for mm. folks. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're right about those, those picture loops, right? I mean, PTSD is all based on that. But frankly, we all suffer from PTSD. We've all been traumatized. And that's the thing you need to know, right? Um, I can't tell you how many people sit across me and they're like, I'm fine. I, I had a good childhood. And I look at them like, okay, but it's worth exploring anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these feelings and emotions present themselves day to day, right? We can get angry at this or frustrated at that or, you know, upset about X, Y, and Z. And they're really attached to deeper emotions. You know, one of the things I saw in primal therapy is that primal, meaning the first first time you ever felt that feeling, right, is that they're still in there. And so, you know, somebody says something that offends you that's not just about today okay that goes into that trauma that goes into that history and what you probably know from your work is that lives in your cells okay that lives in your body and so you got to do the deep work that's going to not only get rid of the topical emotions but to get rid of the original trauma in the first place And, you know, you talk about the mind-body connection. Well, we're all about that because what we understand is that this physical self gets formed through largely those issues, those emotions, that trauma. And so as you start to release these emotions, you start to change your physicality. You know, people get younger, right? Which, you know, it's a... Or fountain of youth, right? People people let go of the heaviness that they've been carrying around forever. And that becomes interesting. You know, I was thinking about you earlier because we have a process called somatic clearing Mm. where you hold an issue that has an emotional charge and you just describe what's going on in your body. You don't talk about the issue. You just talk, oh, I have pain in my chest. And then you hit the key, pain clear. I have this, pain clear. I have that, pain clear. And you never mention the emotion. But when you're done with this minute or two of processing, that emotion is gone. Because it is a psychophysical connection. You know, it's, you know, we love to say, oh, there's the body, there's the mind, there's the spirit. But no, 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 no. We are a being. And so every part of us is connected to every other part. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's all all twisted up and turned into one, I guess you could say. Twisted is probably not a great word to use, but uh, all mixed into one. Twisted might be a more of uh, what we do to it as we... <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think it's what it does to us, right? Yeah. It twists and turns us a lot. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, I I think that for... A lot of folks who are listening to this podcast, they're like, okay, I'm following you. I've heard of the subconscious stuff. I get that emotions can do this. But what, Thomas, what if I don't even know 
a hundred percent my emotions or what if I have emotions all over the place? Are emotions all really coming from a root of one thing? I've heard that before that one emotions really all, they're all just different flavors of one thing. I'd well, love to hear your. Yeah. There's, there's a good book by uh, Jen Polsky called love is letting go of fear, you know, making the case that fear is the only negative emotion. And that everything else is a variation on that theme, right? Guilt is fear of being punished. And, and you know, worry is fear of not having control. And ev everything is a variation on that theme. If you don't know you have these feelings, here's what's interesting to me. That you can connect on an emotional level. And we work with people on many different levels. And if they're in touch with their emotions, great. We'll work with their emotions. No problem. If they're only in touch with their negative thoughts, we work from their thoughts because the thoughts issue from those emotions. And so those are the those are the babies that the emotion are having. And we can take those thoughts and work our way down and through those emotions in a way that clears the emotional charge anyway. And so, yeah, we work on people's beliefs because again, people get entrenched in these beliefs. And you can access their beliefs and start processing them in a way that clears that emotion. And so we'll we'll take them any way they show up. We'll take them in whatever way they're reporting their upset because we can access it from there. And it all does devolve down to those feelings and emotions that are in your gut and in your brain. Is there an age at which you feel the paradox process? is like a good age to start because I'm going back, you know, and I'm seeing my younger women, even my ones that are just still in high school and going, this kind of stuff would be a game changer. If I had it while I was in high school, my gosh, where could I be today? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, part of the reason I created this process was that I felt so sorry for the guy that I was in high school, right? I was like, oh my God, if I had those tools, I would have been able to navigate it so differently. We actually have a program that we work in the school system and teach them in you know, um, junior high to high school. We teach them about their emotions and you won't be surprised. They don't know anything about it, right? It's all news to them, but they do recognize when you say jealousy, or anxiety, or worry, or doubt. And so it's a wonderful age to get people knowledgeable about their instrument. You know, before it it really, well, it may have done damage already, but before it really moves in on them and becomes who they are. You know, feelings harden. They harden into character traits, which hardens into a personality. And then once it's your personality, it's harder to move people through that. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, junior high school is an ideal age, okay? We did, by the way, at one point, <laughs> teach kindergartners, right? Wow. Oh, it was so much fun. We had the feeling faces and we showed them, okay, this is what that is. And they're so innocent, they loved it. They were like, okay, you know, they were okay with learning their feelings and emotions. But, you know, did they retain a lot of it? Probably not. You know, cognitively, eh, they, they weren't quite there. But 
uh, junior high schoolers, that, that's a prime age. But I would say anybody who hits the age of 20 and above already knows there's work to be done. And I don't know about you, but you start promising yourself back then, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to work on this. But, you know, do you ever get around to it? There's so much else to do in life, right? True. I would say, you know, the younger, the better, only because the formation of the brain, you know, it 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 starts to fix and form, you know, by 25 or so. But, you know, they're, they're discovering now neuroplasticity of the brain and how wonderful that is. Okay. Because what we always suspected is this brain can change. Of course it can. It has to. Right. And so now we're starting to play with the idea of brain maps and your brain map for anger or for fear or for guilt and starting to work from that point of view. And so, I mean, any age is good once you resolve, like, I'm going to change, I'm going to go after this. But I think when you're younger and experience hasn't piled onto you so much, I think it's easier to get to this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think I have a lot of, I mean, myself included, I think a lot of us, like you said, things that pile up and, and experiences that pile up over time. And as we get into our 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond, we do start to have that wisdom of like, I need, I really, it's time. It's time, right? And so, of course, this is where I see a lot of women coming to me in the perimenopausal, menopausal timeframe, guys in andropause where they're like, okay, like, I've got to get my my eating together. I've got to get my hormones balanced. I've got to, you know, I want to age well. And I see this process as being so much part of the aging well, like, paradigm and how you had said, you know, you can look younger just from letting some stuff go. That's it's so, so huge. So one of the things I think that probably folks are curious about now is like, all right, you've mentioned the keys, you've mentioned the different courses, you've mentioned different things that you have going on. Where would someone start if they were curious in terms of like, okay, with this paradox process, where, where do we get started, Thomas? Where do we begin? Yeah. Well, we offer a, a free session to people because, you know, you can hear my explanation and you sort of get it, but there's nothing like the experience in order to get it. <laughs> and so if you go to paradiseprocess.org, we offer a free session with a facilitator who's been trained to do this. And you'll try it. You'll see what it does for you. But, you know, from the first session on, we give people tools because people don't have the tools to navigate life. And so we give them tools from the first session on that they can work with on their own as well. Because, you know, early on, I determined that if a person does one session of this, I want them to have tools that they can use for life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, go to the website, you sign up for a free session, and you'll start working right away. And then you decide, you know, we have people that teach at, at different levels and different price points, and we'll accommodate whatever, you know, whatever you need. But I would say to the people, because I know I did this myself, that stop promising yourself and jump on it, do something, right? Mm -hmm. you know, if it isn't the paradise process, do something else, but but get involved in your own growth because it's certainly not too late. 
I think I think that's the thing that a lot of folks think about, like like you're saying, like it's all oh, it's hardwired, you know, and and like you mentioned too, there's neuroplasticity. I think a lot of folks are hearing that, but I think we're still convinced in in that internal dialogue, you know, that's running pretty negative, especially in in the the folks I see because they're seeing so many changes in their body and not being able to navigate, you know, things are changing, not sure which direction to go with, with how they eat, how they exercise. And then it's like, I have to change how I think too. Thomas, what do I do? Let's, let's talk about, you know, an internal dialogue for a minute, you know, and, and of course, of course, folks, we'll get to the paradoxprocess.org and I'll get you all that stuff in the podcast notes at drjkhausnd.com. But I, I, I don't want to let Thomas go yet because I do want to talk about internal dialogue. I do want to talk about that and self-love a little bit before we end up, because I think that this is where a lot of the roots lie in, in folks trying to get healthier and, and struggling with getting to the right fit for them. Yeah. And, you know, to that end, I thought, um, I'd like to do a little work with you okay. using, using a key that we have called a firm clear. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there there's, Normally, when I deal with the internal dialogue, I deal with two different keys. One is judgment clear, because mm-hmm. we certainly have enough of them, right? Mm-hmm. And you take a minute, you take 60 seconds, and you clean out all your self-judgments. Then you do a firm clear, and you state all the positives about you. And it can be aspirational, right? But let's let's do a little work on it. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think where we should go with it. Um Generally, I have people do their judgments silently because, you know, it's a private matter. <laughs> they don't want to. They... <laughs> it's bad enough they feel it. They don't want you to be hearing <laughs> it either. So, sure. but we'll skip to a firm clear because, yeah. and again, I think Andrea set you up where we set up a zero. We use that, we use kind of the um, zero to 10 model to determine mm-hmm. how much emotional charge there is. Mm-hmm. Much like a, a doctor using the pain model, but we're using that for the emotions. So let's say the zero we're going to work on is you feeling absolutely terrific about yourself. Where would you like to apply the the positive feelings and emotions towards yourself? Let's see if we can get specific. Gosh, I would like to apply it to my ability to help folks, to help okay, clients. Great. great. So let's say that's a zero for you to feel totally empowered, excited, enlivened, by your ability to help people in a way that you own it, that mm-hmm. you are excited about it and filled with it. Okay. Okay. Got it. So if that's zero, how far do you think you'd be from that? Today, let's go with the seven. I, I had a little thing happen earlier. So yeah, let's go with the seven. Yeah. You work with people. You're going to have a thing happen. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I hear it. All right. Uh-huh. So you're going to say a firm clear after okay. each one of these. Ready? Okay. Ready. Is it important for you to know how much good I've actually done? Affirm clear. Can I recognize that I've changed people's lives for decades now? Affirm clear. Can I see that I make miracles happen, but if I stumble once, I really get mad at myself? (laughs) Affirm clear. Can I recognize that part of my perfection is my imperfection? Affirm clear. Can I recognize that I do incredible work and I learn as I go. Affirm clear. Can I see that 
when I stumble or take a misstep, it's only for learning. Affirm clear. Can I recognize that I don't even have to judge it. I don't even have to think about it. I can just embrace the learning and move on. Affirm clear. Can I recognize that if all the people I've helped were all in one room, I'd have a hell of a room filled with love for me. <laughs> Affirm clear. Can I recognize that I'm allowed to receive that love? Affirm clear. Can I see that I'm allowed to feel great about myself for everything that I've helped them through? Affirm clear. Can I trust and know that they're loving me right now? Affirm clear. Can I see that I'm surrounded by the love from the energy and the work that I put out there in the world? Affirm clear. Isn't it important for me to know that in a powerful and positive way? Affirm clear, yeah. <laughs> Don't I feel like I'm bragging when I say how good I am? <laughs> Affirm clear. Isn't it time for me to brag a little more? <laughs> Affirm clear. Is it a time for me to strut my stuff and to know that I have so much to offer? Affirm clear. Can I recognize that I am an absolute powerhouse? Affirm clear. Can I recognize that I'm a healer who has done extraordinary healing through all this time? Affirm clear. Can I see that if I stub my toe, it doesn't mean anything? Affirm clear. Could I recognize that if I look at the preponderance of positive energy I put out there, it's extraordinary. Affirm clear. Isn't it me healing me? Affirm clear. Isn't part of the reason I got into this work in order for me to heal myself? Affirm clear. And I see that part of that self-healing is to take in the love that's out there for me. Affirm clear. Is it a time for you to drink it in, to celebrate it, to rejoice in the love that I'm receiving? Affirm clear. Can I recognize that I've earned it? <laughs> Affirm clear. But I see that I've worked awfully hard in my life in order to continue to improve, to continue to be of value. Affirm clear. And I see that I'm absolutely on the right path, doing the right thing. Affirm clear. Is it a time for you to let go of the missteps and take in the love? Affirm clear. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I'm on a zero. Yeah, good. Good. Feel good. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. And see, that's a firm clear where you state the positive as already accomplished fact. And again, it will clean out that negative. So if you look at the thing that the little misstep or the upset that you had, I'm sure it's changed in perspective. I'm sure it's gotten down to where it should be, right? It's like not it like I said, nothing zero. It's nothing now. It's just a yeah. little thing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, we give our lives to this work, right? We mm -hmm. give our lives, we give our heart, we give our soul, we give our mind. Mm -hmm. So I think if you have a hiccup here and there, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. It sure is. And these are kind of the things, you know, I want folks to hear about that and the positive kind of things. I think a firm clear is really, would be really great for a lot of people who are kind of beating the, themselves up, whether it's, you know, little things went up awry with work, or if it's, you know, weight loss or eating something or, you know, those kind of things didn't get the right exercise in or whatever. There's so many different things. <laughs> I know. I know. We find a thousand different ways to judge ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But here's what I would tell those people. Play with this key. 
I want your people to play with this key. And the way to use it is to state everything positive about yourself, about the situation, and allow yourself to take in that positive. Because the hardest thing for us to accept is the good part. Mm -hmm. right? We're all well-versed in all the judgments. We can list them, you know, <laughs> off, off the top of our heads. But it's time to focus on the positive aspects of us, because that's really what we bring to the table. That's really who we are. And so, you know, I want your people, accept yourself, allow yourself, permit yourself to feel good. Hmm. That in and of itself is quite healing just to allow yourself. Cause I think that's part of it. Permission. Permission's a thing. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So much good stuff. I <laughs> love that this is given, you know, for me, just working with Andrea, the the one time that I did, I, I felt hope, you know, I felt possibility. And this is, I think, you know, what you had mentioned when we first started chatting is really giving folks a sense of possibility and that it doesn't take that long. What was that for me? It wasn't even two minutes, right? And you were saying, and, and what other folks have said, it's like therapy, like a year of therapy in in one session. So yeah. huge. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. It is possible to change and to change very, very quickly. And, you know, when we first discovered that, there was no stopping me. I mean, <laughs> I saw daylight. I was like, okay, I'm I'm going after everything I want to change, everything I want to get rid of, right? Because uh -huh. uh -huh. again, when you discover, I don't have to be, I don't have to live with all these negatives, all this heavy feeling. I don't have to live it. And so it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to really show up the way you can. Huge, huge. I can think of many things I'd like to, you know, put on my list of things I'd like to clear. And I think folks now are probably like, okay, Thomas, how do we do this? So we got to send folks over to paradoxprocess.org. And, and you also have the Monday sessions you were mentioning too, before we jumped on the call. Let's talk a little bit about that. So folks can kind of see if they can do a one-off or a whole workshop shop. How does that work? Give them the scoop. Yeah. I, I run a workshop, an ongoing workshop on Monday nights, right? And we pick a theme because life shows up in themes. Mm -hmm. You know, you're upset about love or you're upset about money or you're upset about career or you're upset about family. So this month we're doing, <laughs> I don't know why we called it the, the summer special of love, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it's every kind of love. It's familial love. It's self-love. It's romantic love. It's love of what you do and who you are and it's getting rid of the old patterns and the old history and again i make it so that one class should give you great value you know if you just go to one class you're going to learn something you're going to get something to work with and for me it's a touchstone when you see the work in action then it's easier for you to do the work right mm -hmm. you know they hear us talking they can imagine it but when you have the experience then it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I know this work. So yeah, Monday's at eight o'clock. And again, our current theme is love. Summer special of love. Nice, nice. And eight o'clock, is that Eastern? Is it? That's Eastern time. Eastern yeah. time. 
Okay. So that covers all the folks on the West Coast too, a little e- easier for you guys too in the evening. So good. All right. We've got that. I'll put that in the podcast notes at drjakehousend.com. Thomas, is there anywhere else folks can connect with you? I think you have an Instagram page too. You've got that going on and some of the yeah. others. We're, we're on Instagram. And what's the new one? Threads. I think we're on that too. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Like you're ahead of me. I'm not sure either, but we signed up anyway. So we're on Instagram and Facebook and and threads and Twitter and, you know, all the all the media, all the whatever, social media. All those outlets. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I sincerely appreciate it. I have no doubt that folks will take a lot away from this podcast. Thanks again. And you and I will play again for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Health Junkies, are you feeling just off, feeling like you're aging a little bit faster than you want to and wondering what in the world is up? Hey, I might have some answers for you and some direction. If you want to chat with me, I am offering complimentary calls right now. You can head over to Dr. Spelled Out, J-K-R-A-U-S-E-N-D.com. Take my quiz, click on the schedule a chat, and let's talk and see if we can get you in the right direction. And if I'm able to help you, I'm going to let you know. Otherwise, I'm going to help you find what you're looking for. Head over to drjkrausnd.com and check it out now. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the Health Fix podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.